Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) Well, we got live football coming up tonight. A lot of interviews with Hall of Famers, new Hall of Famers, old Hall of Famers, the uh, New Look Jets. The old look Browns, I guess. I don't know. But uh, the hype around it feels more like it's uh, Jets related, even though Aaron Rodgers is not going to play. But I am really curious about Zach Wilson. And that would be one of my focal points. If I was doing hard knocks or one of the producers, I'd be like, I want to see what he sees when he watches Aaron Rodgers. I want to see what Aaron Rodgers is telling him or showing him. That would be fascinating to me. Because there's a big age difference there. Aaron Rodgers could be his dad. What is it, like 17, 18 years difference? But, you know, you know Jordan Love, they, were, they knew that he, the succession plan was already in place in Green Bay. Aaron knew that, that eventually Jordan Love takes over. There's no guarantee with Zach Wilson with the Jets. Because if Aaron's going to play three years, Zach Wilson might not play again for the Jets, barring an injury. And then what happens to him? Because there's so many quarterbacks. I mean, just this draft coming up, you got Caleb Williams and Drake May just to start. You're probably going to have four more first-round draft picks here. If you don't prove yourself, you know, early and often, they move by. They move on quickly here. You know, that's – look at – I mean, Josh Rosen, go back to him. It's like, all right, let me see what you got. Well, uh, after one year – you know, we're going to draft Kyler Murray. And that was one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. I don't know if Josh Rosen could play. I know he didn't get a fair shot in Arizona. There wasn't a whole lot of talent around him. And Arizona might be back in that situation again here coming up. Justin Fields has received a lot of praise. And um, I, I wanted to do some research here. He was ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence in uh, the players voting on the top 100. Currently one of the more popular MVP bets right now. And according to PointsBet senior editor Max Meyer, Justin Fields has more MVP bets. Do you guys want to take a guess? More MVP bets than I got three quarterbacks here. Take a guess. The quarterbacks who are behind him for bets for MVP. Paulie? Oh, man. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. He is behind him. Uh, Marvin? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yes. Todd? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And if you said Patrick Mahomes, you would be right. Come on. Yes. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. Fields has more MVP bets than all of those guys combined. Stat of the day. 
Stat of the Day brought to you by the great folks at Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. A quarterback has won the award 10 consecutive seasons. He rushed for 1,100 yards last year. They brought in DJ Moore. But capturing an MVP won't be easy because DraftKings has fields over under passing yards 2,850 yards and a half. Second lowest number. You want to guess the quarterback who has a lower over-under for passing yards this year? Anybody? Anybody? Paulie? Baker Mayfield? No! Sorry, That would have been a good guess. If you said... Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter! (laughs) Blue, blue, blue! (laughs) Uh, If he's rushing for 1,100 yards, they're probably not going to be a playoff team. And... If you factor this in as well, you got to make the playoffs if you're going to be the MVP. So everybody can love Justin Fields. Are they better than the Lions? No. Are they better than the Vikings? No. I don't know if they're better than Green Bay. Is he going to make the playoffs? And if he does, what kind of numbers will he show? Yes, Marvin. This has got to be a Jalen Hurts type situation where he's got to start the season out 11-1, 12-1 to get real consideration not like oh they're you know nine and four okay like he's got to do some like real damage in the uh, nfc north i don't think that's going to happen oh neither do i yeah but we saw that with kyler murray that he started out nine and one an mvp candidate and then the second half they always folded but i i think that he's a good story it's a unique story i think you have to factor that in but He's a unique talent, fascinating to watch, but I, unless you think they're making the playoffs, then I don't want to hear about MVP because it, it won't happen. He won't win the MVP if they don't make the playoffs. I don't care what his numbers are. Now, if he rushes for 2,000 yards, all right, then maybe go back to when OJ rushed for 2,000 yards. Now, you had a lot less teams who made the playoffs, and I think they won nine games that year. They may have, may have been nine and five that year when they played 14 games. That's still, that's a very good, you'd make the playoffs now. But if you're not winning nine or ten games, you're not, make, you're not winning an MVP. Yeah, Paul? I think it's almost as more likely that Justin Fields could be replaced in the offseason as he could be MVP. Sure. They have two top ten draft picks. They got Carolina's top ten, and they have their own. They could have, they could have two top ten draft picks. I easy. wonder what the odds are. If you said MVP, or is Justin Fields going to be the quarterback next year? Now, he may still be the quarterback next year, but if they don't see enough, then maybe they draft a quarterback. Uh, Poll question, Seton. What do we have here? Yeah, Dan, we got a couple up there right now. All right. First hour, we had college football, football, that is, is currently heading in Mm. a good direction, a terrible direction. That's holding steady at about 78% uh, saying it's terrible. And then I put up, would you rather play for Burnley or Birmingham City, which really means would you rather play for J.J. Watt or Tom Brady? Uh, right now, J.J. Watt's got uh, about 67% of the vote. Mm. I've seen some comments here where people are like, you know what, I don't really feel like getting screamed at, so I want to play for J.J. Watt. Oh, you think that Tom's going to yell at the team? Throwing, you know, iPads and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Where J.J. is a little more good-ass dude-ish. Mm. Okay. You know? All right. What's the poll question for the final hour? Uh, well, I just put up the uh, Burnley one. Oh, oh, you just did that. Okay, yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, get some phone calls in here. David. Hey, the philosophy of this <laughs> squad is off the field. We're good ass dudes. We're nice guys. We do the right thing. We're good ass lads. You just have to change the uh, terminology. <laughs> That's a, a good bit. yelling though. Good arse lads. Yeah, we're good arse lads. <laughs> Dave in Nova Scotia. Good morning, Dave. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Got a little breaking news here for you, Jimmy Jimerson style. I am guest here in Tampa for the Tampa Bay Bucks training camp. And our guy, John Wolford, DP Faithful, breaking news. I think he's going to be taking a starting job, Dan. He looked amazing today. Ran circles around Trap and <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Thank you, Dave. Keep us updated on that. The former Rams quarterback. Is he going to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't think it takes a lot to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. 
You got Kyle Trask and you have Baker Mayfield Jr. the third. Yeah, Paul. I think Tampa would love to be awful this year, like terribly awful, and have a top three draft pick. They seem like they're non-threatening. Hmm. The roster's down a little bit compared. The quarterback situation's way down. Mm. That's a team that would love to lose a lot. Uh, my Cincinnati Reds, they have uh, they have not done well here second half of the season. Uh, they uh, they lost to the Cubs sixteen to six. They lost to the Cubs twenty to nine on Tuesday. And I was curious, when's the last time a team gave up thirty six runs or more back to back games? Well, the Reds allowed 36 or more in back-to-back games. The last time was 1901. Travis Meadow. Lovely. Yeah, I didn't realize that we had that when Travis Meadow came in studio and we had him do a stat of the day. Great songwriter, Travis Meadow. Uh, let's see. Messi had two goals last night. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> five and three games. Unstoppable. He's assisted on three other. Help me understand this, Seton. Oh, boy. Okay. If you want to grow the game in the United States. Oh, dear. It's behind a paywall, isn't it? Or, or app? I like. I I don't know how people can get this. You're going to get highlights on ESPN, but if you want to grow the sport, you have to make it more readily available. You have to make it easier for people to be flipping through and go, "Oh, I'm going to stop there and watch a little bit of this game." Instead of, "I'll just wait for the highlights because I don't want to spend the money on this, or I don't even know how to find it." Yeah, I mean, it kind of cuts both ways, right? Where if you were a, a MLS fan before, you could get to watch your local teams, but now you can buy into a package that allows you to watch every game, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. But now you also you have to buy the package basically to watch. Uh, I think there's one free game a week or maybe a couple of free games a week. But other than that, everything is basically um, behind that paywall. You have to buy the package. So it does it freezes out a lot of people. But it does uh, you know it sort of force diehard MLS fans to buy it. Yeah, but you want to grow the sport. Uh, yeah, theoretically you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure everybody sees it that way. <laughs> but but does Messi get paid by everybody in the league? So the way I understand the MLS agreement or the way that their their business structure works is that you know, say in the NFL, and you play for the Patriots, you're an employee of the Patriots and you get a paycheck from the Patriots Mm -hmm. in major league soccer. You're an employee of major league soccer and you get your paycheck from major league soccer. So essentially all of the teams in theory pay into one big pool. Mm -hmm. And then that money is then dispersed out to the the players. Mm. Yes. Paul. Could people worldwide sign up for Apple TV or whatever it is, the package to watch Messi? Like if you're a worldwide soccer fan, you're not America. I think so. That may be the bigger play. Yeah. For people who are just such big fans of his worldwide. Yeah, but, but you you want to attract an audience in the United States so they're going to games and not just Messi's games. I mean, you know, when you start talking about who's good in MLS, I don't know if people know any of these names, unless you're a diehard fan. You want to have people at least be curious and go, oh, you know, I enjoyed that match or that player. I don't know if you can have that curiosity because it's not readily available. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? I saw where Wilt Chamberlain's 1972 jersey is expected to go for at least $4 million upcoming auction here. The current record for a Wilt Chamberlain piece of sports memorabilia, 1.79. That was a jersey worn during his rookie season with the Philadelphia Warriors. But they have uh, online bidding that goes till September 27th. And in that game, he was playing with a broken hand. Wilt had 24 points and 29 rebounds and was named the finals MVP. But uh, if you uh, have $4 million and, uh, or at least more than $4 million and you want to add a Wilt Chamberlain 1972 jersey where he's named MVP, uh, it could be yours. Yes, Paul? Is there a basketball piece of memorabilia that would go for more than that? that you could think of like a, Michael a, Jordan stuff. Jordan last Jordan's game. last jersey. Wizards or Bulls? Bulls. Bulls game-winning jumper in Utah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna look and see if that's available. 
I, I would think the whole uniform. Uh, I don't think the once again, I was there getting ready to interview Phil Jackson when Jordan came in and uh, he took off his shoes and autographed his shoes after that shot. I know he doesn't have those, but I'm guessing those shoes. I think people would rather have Michael's shoes from the last game with the Bulls than the jersey. Yes, Pauline. Okay, here it is. We're going to play the Michael Jordan game. The jersey worn by Michael Jordan in game one of the NBA Finals in 98. Mm-hmm. So it's not even game six. Mm-hmm. Game one. Mm-hmm. Sold for more than any other sports piece of memorabilia all time. The record holder was Diego Maradona's Hand of God jersey the 86 World Cup. Jordan's jersey from game one against the Jazz sold for what? Who wants to go first? Five million. Marvin? Seven million. Fritzy? 6.3 million. Seton? Look a little lower in a 3.5 mil. 10.1 oh. million dollars. That was uh, last year. Okay. But Jordan's shoes, I think, would probably bring a better price than his jersey from the last game. That, that last game with the Bulls. Because people are infatuated with his shoes, that you would want to have the last pair of shoes that Jordan was playing in as a Chicago Bull. I would. But those, I mean, it's only going up. You know, a lot of this memorabilia. Yes, Marv? If you have that in your possession and you're okay, do you just say, you know what, let me wait another 10 years so this can go up even more in value. Yeah, I guess it depends on when, if you need the money, and I'm sure you're watching the market here as far as what memorabilia is going for, but if you said you had Michael Jordan's shoes from his last game as a bull, you're sitting on $10 million probably. Maybe more. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, uh, game two shoes of Jordan from his last finals with the Bulls did go for a couple, is up for sale right now. And they're expecting at least $3 million, but that's game two. Jordan wore a different <laughs> pair of shoes for all six games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was there. I got to see that twice where he signed his shoes after winning championships. Got to see that firsthand. And and even one of the guys who got the shoes got to see it firsthand. So if anybody ever goes, hey, uh, are you sure that that guy got the? Yep, I, I saw it right in front of me. Got Phil Jackson to my right. Jordan comes in. Jersey's out. Cuban cigar, uh, soaked with champagne, and had uh, the game ball with him and uh, took off his jerseys, uh, his shoes, I should say. Yes, Paul. Remember when Jordan was having trouble selling that house in Chicago for like 20 million bucks? Yeah. It's too bad he didn't have like a nice pair of shoes from game five of his last final. He say, This comes with the house. So you get the house, and then you could do whatever you want with the shoes. Like, like a free couple million bucks inside the house. Yeah. You know, granite countertops, mm. game six shoes. Ooh. I don't know if he spiced up the sale with that, but that would have been cool. Yeah. Yes, Mark. I think there's probably certain Jordans, like uh, the Shrug game. Like, where are those Jordans at? Like The Portland series? Yeah, where he hit the, uh, what's that, 6 3 point yeah. in the first half? Yeah. Like, there, there's certain Jordans from certain games. Obviously, the flu game, yeah. you know, those went for a lot of money. The food poisoning. The oh, food, yeah, sorry. Food, food poisoning. Correct. Yeah. Food poisoning in parentheses. The flu game shoes sold for $1.38 million last year. But then that's a bargain. Yeah. It appears that might be a bargain. Absolutely. Absolutely. If if the game one jer- uh, shoes are going for a couple of million? The guy who got the, the flu game shoes initially sold them like 15 years ago for $104,000. No. And just a couple years ago, they sold again for one point three eight, And they're going to get... They're not going to get you know, less expensive. No, that's 3 or $4 million. That's one of the most famous games in NBA history. And it was during the finals. Yes, it feels almost interesting that those aren't in a museum somewhere and that they're out in circulation or something, you know, mm. just based on how mm. the lore of Michael Jordan, you know. Uh, you're right about that. And how do you display that? Or do you display that? I mean, what? I don't know what you can do. Now that's in a safe somewhere. You think? But don't you get those things to be able to show people, hey, look at what I have and you don't? <laughs> I mean, is it an, is it Yes, I, mean, I suppose. But is it enough to go, uh, hey, by the way, I got uh, Jordan's shoes from uh, his last game of the Bulls. Hey, where are they? Oh, they're in a safety deposit box. 
No, I don't care. If you got a Picasso, let me see the Picasso. Yeah, see. But do you get the, uh, well, maybe a Picasso is a bad example, yeah. right? But I'm, I'm kind of taking your words a little bit here. But isn't, aren't you supposed to invest in art? I think they're your words. Yeah. You buy what you like, not yeah. what you think is going to be valuable. Yes. Right? Yes. So I would imagine that some people who collect art buy what they think is going to be valuable. Absolutely. You could do the same thing with sports memorabilia. You could, you know, a... Uh, uh, you know, gym seat used at like a Seton Hall game might mean a lot to me, but it doesn't really mean anything to anybody else. So you buy that. Whereas the Jordan sneakers, you buy that as a business investment. Some people. Come, yes. Right. Yes. Yes, Todd. Everything's about showing it off to a certain extent. If you're the only person on the planet, would it be as special if you were driving around in a fancy car or you were in a suit with bling all over? Who would care? You're the only one. It's all about other people seeing you in the car and checking out your bling. I always think of that when people are like, no, I, I like to have it, but I don't need to show it off. But if you're the only person on the planet, you would be acting very differently than others checking you out. Back to you in the studio. Thank you, Todd. I thought that's what I said, that, you know, you, you have it. Yeah, I was rephrasing it. I was care. trying to be more dramatic about being the only person to. on the planet. You don't need to. Yeah, that, that one that felt like it was a little bit of hyperbole. Uh, let me take a break. Uh, it's no hyperbole that uh, the Pac-12 is on the verge of a seismic shift, in my opinion. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Innovation refunds helping small businesses. And I love being able to help you, tell you about this. The Employee Retention Credit, also known as the ERC. These are business payroll tax refunds. If you own a business with more than five employees, you could be Eligible for this, you could have money waiting for you, and it's a tax credit, not a loan. And it gives eligible business owners the freedom to use that refund money however they want to. Innovation Refunds Independent Tax Attorneys will assist you in filing your business's ERC tax refund. Uh, a provider of children health services in uh, Iowa paid bonuses with it. An ice cream uh, s- uh, shop in Illinois bought new freezers. A mortuary in Riverside, California, even renovated their chapel with ERC money. People are getting this money. InnovationRefunds.com. See if you qualify. There's no charge up front. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Call 1-843-REFUNDS. 1-843-REFUNDS or go to InnovationRefunds.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Award-winning Irish-American whiskey brings the rich heritage of Irish and American whiskey making uh, together. It's a whole new world style. Uh, The smoothness and richness of Irish whiskey and the boldness and complexity of American whiskey. A unique drinking experience like no other from the master distiller who gave us Jameson. Brian Nation brings you Keeper's Heart. Ask for it. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. I've been saying this over the last 48 hours, and I'm not a skies falling guy, but, you know, we're, we're on the verge of something changing college football. And I don't know how much, but it feels like it's going to be reshaped here, or at least we're on the verge of this. And John Canzano, uh, great columnist, uh, johncanzano.com, radio host on 750 AM in Portland and certainly covering the Pac-12. And I wanted to have you on because I don't know if you feel this same way, John, but it feels like the Pac-12 is in peril. And the question is, what can you do? So where where do we stand now? Uh, 1130 AM Eastern. Yeah, last night, uh, I think everybody was sending out the Amber Alert and and really looking at the Arizona schools, Arizona, Arizona State. Anytime the regents meet, uh, there's buzz, buzz, buzzing in the Pac-12 footprint, and they're they're going to meet later today, tonight, early this evening. And I think a lot of people last night expected that Arizona and Arizona State would leave the conference. I reached out to a member of the Pac-12 CEO group this morning who told me that there was some enthusiasm internally with the Pac-12. Now, I'm I'm pumping the brakes. I'm rolling my eyes a little bit because I've heard this all throughout this negotiation. But uh, what I was told is that the Arizona schools are really looking hard at the University of Oregon today. Oregon is expected to get a reduced share invitation to the Big Ten Conference. Could come as soon as this morning, midday today. Um, you know, we know that the Big Ten has opened that that conversation internally. And I think there's a lot of eyes on Oregon. Oregon appears to be the glue right now in the conference because the Arizona schools are saying that if Oregon stays, if Oregon chooses to stay in the Pac-12, there might be something there for the Arizona schools. Um, That media deal that George Kwiatkow finally presented earlier this week, uh, I think was underwhelming to a lot of people from a financial standpoint. It appears that there seems to be now uh, maybe an added layer to this. I don't know. I don't know if more money came in. I don't know if a new partner came in, but, um, you know, I was told that a a big part of this now hinges on the University of Oregon. And, you know, Phil Knight has his money behind, you know, the Oregon program. I don't know how much of an enticement the Big Ten saying, hey, come over here. You can make this amount of money. Plus, if you're Oregon, don't you look at this and say this opens the door with UCLA or certainly USC out the door that we can qualify right now for the national championship. We can win the Pac-12. No matter who's still left, this is an easier path than if we go to Big Ten. Yeah, Oregon is such an interesting figure here because they're not like others. They're not like the other Pac-12 schools. They're not like a lot of the universities nationally. They have thrived at a time when the other Pac-12 schools were underfunded, you know, because of Phil and Penny Knight. You know, I reached out to Phil Knight earlier this week, and the response I got back is that he wasn't ready to talk because he was going to say something he might regret. You know, and I was like, that, that's the ideal time. <laughs> exactly. <to> talk, <laughs> but, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Rob Mullins, the athletic director at Oregon, he told me multiple times uh, just a week ago, told me that access to the playoff is what matters to the Ducks. And now the University of Washington 
looks over at Oregon, they want to be alongside Oregon. And if Arizona and Arizona State do, uh, if they're being real about wanting to be in this conference, and I think or the decision really comes down to the next 24 to 36 hours with the Oregon Ducks, will they decide that they're better off not competing against Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and everybody in USC and UCLA and the Big Ten and and having an easier path to the playoff? Or will they take, uh, you know, what everyone thinks is the future of college football and jump to a conference of 18 or 20? How'd the Pac-12 get here? Sure. Let's let's go back. I mean, 10, 12 years. Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, he did some good things early, but his media deal was outdated. They never should have been a media company. They tried to own and operate the Pac-12 networks. They should have had a media partner. Uh, we all know now that television is running the show in college football. It's really unfortunate to see what TV has done to tradition and kickoff times and rivalries and uh, you know, the the bifurcation of all the uh, conferences, the, you know, the Fox can say all they want that, that you know, hey, we're not behind all of this, but the money is there. And we all know what's driving all of the expansion and the realignment. But I think the Pac-12 made some terrible miscues in the Larry Scott era. I think George Kiofkoff came through the door. He should have been more tuned in to UCLA and USC being unhappy. That should have been job one. Um, even if they're they're telling you to your face, they're happy. Hey, we're happy. We're good here. He should have been camping in the front yard at USC and making sure of it. And and then, you know, I think the media landscape has shifted. We've all seen the layoffs and we've seen that industry hit hard. And I think it's a terrible time to be negotiating. I think it's just it's really unfortunate for the Pac-12 and Pac-12 fans, more importantly. Yeah, I thought Arizona, it felt like Arizona, Arizona State are waiting for somebody else, some other school to secede from the union then they can go to the big 12 so if washington and oregon said you know we're going to the big 10 then arizona arizona state would go well we're going to the big 12 but i'm also wondering who do they add because i was told all along san diego state was joining us you know they were they were joining the, the pac-12 uh i was told you know boise the you know, sort of a novelty that wouldn't happen smu was you know a possibility so can the big 12 if they lose schools reshape and still be the the uh, pac-12 yeah the, the 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 easiest thing today would be hey they hold at nine they add san diego state um you know i did inquire you know how how would the 34 million dollar uh, exit fee at the mountain west conference work i was told that there's some financial flexibility that the pac-12 would offer there maybe they subsidize it maybe uh you know san diego state takes a lower distribution as they enter the conference i was also told from a mountain west conference president that the mountain west might be willing to negotiate that. Nobody wants to end up in litigation over these things. They're all negotiable, even though $34 million is the number, that's your starting point. I think you could get there. But um, I, you know, the, the easiest answer is stay at nine, add San Diego State, but it becomes critical today. If you lose Oregon, you're gonna lose Washington and you're gonna lose the Arizona schools. And you have to be able to trust each other at a time when nobody can trust each other. <laughs> Dan, Dan, they're all pirates. They're all pirates and they're playing chess, unfortunately. Great to talk to you as always, John. Thank you. Thank you. That's John Canzano, columnist and radio host at 7.50 a.m. in uh, Portland. Brent in Alabama. The fact that there are meetings going on tonight at 6 Pacific, there's some serious conversations going on here. Hey, Brent. Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, yeah, college football, lots changing. I, I'm trying to see where all this is going because, you know, a lot of people are saying the sky's falling, but the biggest thing to me, if you follow the money, is first of all, you got to start back with the, the playoff. In order to compete for the uh, championship, you couldn't lose more than one or two games a year, right? So what would happen was big schools, the big brands, would schedule roast beef tech two or three times a year to give them essentially a bye week or something like that. It was a good thing, good move for the big schools because they got a little bit of a rest before they play a big rivalry game. And the small schools got a big payday. They got to bankroll not just their football program, but they got to bankroll their entire athletic program. Well, now that we're in a 12-team playoff and as this consolidation continues, the pressure, there's not going to be as much pressure for these teams to only you know, lose zero or one or two games. They can lose two or three games and still compete for a national championship and a big bowl game. So what happens to Roast Beef Tech and all of these other smaller schools? Because if I follow the money, if I'm Alabama, 
why would I play roast beef tech two or three times a year instead of all conference games, which is something that even Nick Saban has said, I want to play all conference games, but they just know it's been impossible in the past. So you lose that money, roast beef tech, all of these small schools are going to, I mean, what happens to them? I'd love to get your feedback on that because I don't see how any of these smaller tier programs can survive uh, without that money. Yeah, and I don't think these other schools really care about that. It's survival of the fittest right now. And you did have these schools that did get this opportunity to be sacrificial lambs, uh, or as you called them, roast beef tech. But, you know, Georgia wants to have that tune-up game or a couple of tune-up games or, you know, a game after a tough game before they have another tough game. I just think we're headed towards maybe the top 50 uh, revenue-producing football programs getting together, and then they just schedule each other. You have certain divisions, and uh, certain divisions each year will play a different division around the country, and then you'll have X number of teams qualifying for the playoffs just like you do the NFL. You're going to pay the players. Uh, you know, Maybe they unionize. I mean, you, and you can't say, well, that can't happen because it can happen. Everything. Look at college football. If I would have said 10 years ago this is going to happen, name, image, and likeness, you'd be like, there is no way. Yeah. Now there's name, image, and likeness. And doesn't, you know, the, it's there for the foreseeable future. Do you make them salaried employees? Like, I, you can't say it can't happen with college football. Because I can't trust the people who are involved with college football. Everybody wants theirs. Are they thinking about the greater good? No, they're not. Tim and Boca. Hi, Tim. What's on your mind today? How you doing, Dan? Hey, man. I just like to, I'm just making a prediction here because I see it coming. I, I drive a, I drive over, and uh, not too long ago, I dropped off a real estate agent up in Jupiter. And he said he's meeting a famous person to, uh, that's buying a house. Come to find out, it's Nick Saban. I'm predicting Nick Saban will retire within two years. You don't buy a house in Jupiter and keep working. Have you ever been to Jupiter, Florida? All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Would I be surprised that Nick Saban retires before I do? Yeah, he'd like to steal a little bit of the shine. He's 71. I get it. Here's another thing. I would love to know what USC was promised by the uh, Big Ten. And and follow me on this. Um, Hey, we'll join. We don't want these schools from the Pac-12 to join. We want to own... Southern California. We want assurances here. And I'm wondering, the only other school you're worried about, if I'm USC, is Oregon. Was there any, uh, you know, handshake, wink, wink, assurances that, uh, and you have a new Big Ten commissioner, so I don't know if it uh, would, would be still there, part of the agreement, And maybe I'm just speculating on this, but if I'm USC, do I want assurances you're not taking other Pac-12 teams that I can recruit here for the Big Ten and not have to share everybody, you know, with the Pac-12? Just, yeah, everything's on the table. And, And the number of people I've heard from who are in college football or they follow college football, like everybody has some kind of theory, speculation, rumor, innuendo with this. It's wild. But Oregon could change college football today or tomorrow or over the weekend. If they stay or if they go, who stays, who goes? Oregon could change college football. It's that fluid with what's going on. Wild. All right, take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, right after this. I love saying it, and I love reminding you that every great day starts the night before. You know what that means? Getting a great night's sleep. And you can do this with our friends from Sleep Number, Sleep Next Level. Unlock your unique potential with a smart bed that can perform as well as you. And right now, save up to $500 on the next generation Sleep Number smart bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Uh, Adjustable bases that uh, have two beds in one. 
Uh, the partner snore, they can take care of that as well. My uh, sleep number 75. Ask about Sleep IQ technology. You want to see how well you're sleeping, your sleep quality. Smart beds learn how you sleep and then provide personalized insights to help you sleep better and sleep longer and deeper. And couples can choose the ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side. So it's two beds in one. Get started. Go to a Sleep Number store or go to sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. See store for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, this day in sports history. What will the headline be off tonight's game? Browns, Jets. Who wants to guess what the headline will be tomorrow, nationally, not locally? Marvin, I'll start with you. Jets soar to an impressive win. Jets soar. Okay. Todd, what about you? <laughs> Brownout. Jets by 30. 
by 30. <laughs> Seems a little aggressive. Uh, Paulie? Oh, boy. On the spot here. Uh, full Chubb. Browns fans excited about upcoming season. Not bad, Nick Chubb. That was Fritzy-like, and you know. <laughs> I like that one. I'm, I, st- I stand by it. Mm, you're sitting right now. Paulie or uh, Seton, you got one? Nathaniel can't hack it. No. Ah! There you go. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Hall of Shame, 6-3 Jets, just a couple of field goals. Yeah, okay. Right. I'm yeah, fine okay, with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's something for you. The uh, last MVP-winning quarterback to throw for fewer than 3,000 yards in a season. So it just if Justin Fields is going to win the MVP, as a lot of people... So he has more people betting on him than Mahomes and Herbert and Josh Allen combined. Uh, but it's a better money play the odds. I get that. Okay, so the last MVP-winning quarterback to throw for less than 3,000 yards, 1978... Terry Bradshaw. Lamar Jackson threw for 3,100 when he won. Steve McNair, 3,200 when he won. Cam, 3,800. Tom Brady, 3,900. Peyton Manning, just over 4,000 yards. Justin Fields, he threw for 2,200 yards last year and rushed for 1,100 yards. So just some MVP stuff there. By the way, Sean Payton, uh, he is pleased with Russell Wilson's progress so far. It's hard because there were a lot of other factors a year ago, and, and we're really focused on what he's doing within the offense. Um, obviously, he's moving around well. His weight's down. He's in real good shape. He's working really hard. You know, there, there are a lot of nuances still we're working through. You know, there's some good things in the running game today. Each day, you know, you kind of look at the film and you start again with the corrections. But I've been pleased with his progress and where he's at, really dating back to the offseason and, and to where we are now into our first full week. You know, it'd be really interesting if he said he wasn't progressing. Um, I'm guessing that uh, Sean Payton was still trying to protect Russell Wilson, attacked Nathaniel Hackett, and then realized what he was doing, and uh, that's how he got to this point. He He's trying to you know pump up Russell Wilson, and also he wasn't the sole reason why this team wasn't good last year. That's the feeling I had with all of this. It's just... Uh, there was some, there was a problem with the uh, ex, um, execution there for Sean Payton. A little bit of a problem in what the message was and how he I just want to apologize to Coach because he was right. This team's terrible. <laughs> James in Colorado. Hey, James, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear you, James. Hey, hey, hey. I'm in New Hampshire. I'm a New Hampshire born and bred boy, but um, I'm just here. First time, long time. And I appreciate you taking my call. And uh, I'm, let's see, 6'2", 220, uh, 210, 210 fighting weight. Um, I'm calling in frivolity. I I appreciate your sports knowledge and your sports casting, and uh, you know hopefully I can put some meat on your bone for today. Um, I'm a Danner. I'm not a Swifter, and the Danettes are included in that. And I will be because of you in Dublin on the twenty second. So I totally look forward to that. All righty. Well, James is going to follow us over there yeah, to Dublin. Right, James. Right, James. Road trip. Road trip. Come on over. And and if you're in Dublin for the game, Notre Dame and Navy, we'll put it out on social media. So we'll let you know. I know we got something on uh, Wednesday night of that week that we get together. And uh, if you can join us at a, a pub, then we'll let you know where we're going to be. We look forward to that. Uh, Tom in North Carolina. Hi, Tom. Hey, DP. Hey, bud. Hey, yeah, this is a uh, referencing uh, Todd's performance tomorrow night. Mm. You know, all the great ones, they, you know, Jordan, Brady, they all draw motivation from different places. They manufacture it. Uh, so Todd's probably, he's probably worried about more about the aftermath of what's going to happen on tomorrow night. So as far as his motivation, 
uh, it's got to be kind of a, maybe a, a risk equals reward kind of thing. You know, maybe a Todd Fritz day. You know, maybe even a hug from Polly. Oh, that ain't going to happen. Oh, that's not true. A hug? I'm going to be very proud of Fritzy when he pulls this off. I think he's going to crush it. Yeah, I do too. I, it's like I gave you a hug that one movie you did uh, where you ad-libbed. I thought you crushed it. And Just I really go with it. it, yeah. Yeah, I thought you crushed it and I gave you a hug. It was a dark theater. No one saw it. I know. But like Fritzy tomorrow, I'm, you know, I want him to crush it. Okay. Okay. Who thinks Paulie wants Todd to crush it tomorrow? You mean Paulie Sean Payton? I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Todd thinks, do you think Paulie wants you to crush it tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Man, are you foolish. Works either way for me. This day in sports history, Paulie. Uh, it's a big one. Jesse Owens, 1936, won the first of his four Olympic gold medals in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may just stand alone. But uh, 1940, 1949, the NBA was formed. Mm-hmm. Merger between the Basketball Association of America and the National Basketball League. Mm-hmm. 1984, Mary Lou Retton won her first gold medal at the L.A. Summer Olympics. All right. On this day, 1987, Joe Necro of the Twins caught with a nail file on the mound. He was suspended for 10 games. That was the fabulous. Greatest, greatest video of all time. It's like, what? Like, he, he put his hands up like, I don't have anything in there. And then the nail file comes out. And they're like, watching the umpire's head turn towards it as it hit the ground. Was the <laughs> Just best. watching it fly. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's so good. Todd, what did you learn today? The sky may not be falling in college football, but it's certainly moving. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Oregon holds the future of yeah. college football in the palm of its hand. Marvin, what did you learn? TV ruins the ruined the conference. Yes, Paulie. Full chub. PXG's new Gen Six driver is so good, we'll bet it's better than yours. Test drive our uh, new Gen Six driver. If it doesn't deliver more distance than yours, we'll give you one hundred dollars. Join the Gen Six driver challenge. PXG.com. Nobody makes golf clubs the way we do. Period. Thanks for joining us. Been our pleasure to serve you. We got a meet Friday tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.